You're listening to the Back Porch Talk Podcast. Danny and Jason had many discussions and debates on the back porch while making pivotal investment moves with assets. That's right, with trading cards. They welcome you to the back porch and right into those discussions about current sports news with a fresh and unique twist. So come on and join us. Welcome to the Back Porch Top Podcast. I'm your host, Jason. Your host, Danny. Fans, we got a full show for you today. Well, it's about the NBA draft. Danny, the NBA draft actually happened this past Thursday. Victor Wembanyama from France goes number one, as expected, to the San Antonio Spurs. After that, it was pretty much up in the air. Who would the Charlotte Hornets take in Michael Jordan's last draft as majority owner slash majority governor of the team? Uh, they go ahead and take uh, the small forward, the shooting forward uh, from Alabama. Brandon Miller, and then ultimately Scott Henderson, excuse me, Scoop Henderson goes to uh, the Portland Trailblazers at number three. Identical twins go back to back. Almond Thompson and Osir Thompson goes four and five respectively to the Houston Rockets and ultimately to the Detroit Pistons. But Danny, I have to say this about the NBA draft. Uh, one thing I actually uh, absolutely love over the past two, three years of the draft is the fact of how they have really interviewed the families that are present, uh, both mother and father uh, present. They go ahead and interview after the pick has been announced. And some great interviews, Danny, just some great intel on the families, uh, what they've experienced, what they have gone through uh, in DAW. And so I absolutely love uh, that part of it. Part I did not love though, man, the NBA draft has changed. I just remember us as, as growing up and where we make it make it an event. Pizzas, fellas chopping it up, uh, going back and forth. Who's going to be picked? This is what the team needs. This is what our team needs. And we knew the players. I just said, Danny, in this draft, I did not know a whole lot of players at all. Mm-hmm. What the NCAA provided us in the past was a stepping stone marketing uh, vehicle for us to get to know the players coming into the NBA. Now you have players coming from all over, overseas or from uh, the likes of uh, elite or you name it, they're coming from all over, Danny. Uh, And you just don't have eyes on the players like you once, once you did. And so, when a lot of these players were announced, I was like, I have no idea who these players are. Uh, and and so I think that takes the sting and surprise out of the excitement of the crowd that's present. Uh, and then also one thing I noticed too was the fact that when a trade was announced, so uh, the seventh pick and the eighth pick, they actually later on traded for each other, right? Now, back in the day, Danny, when you heard a trade, especially in the top 10, Mm-hmm. You would hear a ruckus in the crowd. Yep. You would hear some emotion in the crowd. There was no emotion whatsoever in the crowd, Danny. <laughs> and I was just like, what has happened to the, the NBA draft? I did hear uh, of some uh, 
whether it's premium services or, or uh, different programs that were getting ahead of ESPN and making these announcements uh, and all. And I don't know if that has a lot to do with the crowd not being as excited, if you will. Mm-hmm. Um, but nonetheless, Danny, the NBA draft has changed. means that we need to do a better job personally of doing some research on these players. But it, it just doesn't have the same pizzazz as it once has. Now, we'll hear about these players moving forward. But right now, it's just not the huge fanfare as it once was. What say you about the NBA draft, Danny? It just has a different feel now. I, I can't put my finger on it either. And it could be back in the day where it was everything was contained as well. There was no social media, uh, just the different media outlets, per se. It was just dominated. Similar to the March Madness, when you had the March Madness reveal of the brackets. Mm-hmm. And then they had that, when they start having issues where people are releasing things ahead of time and they had to lock that down. Now with the G League and the, you know, the Ignite and Overtime Elite players, you don't really get to see them. And you really don't get any, get the hype until you get to the draft, around the draft time, mm-hmm. like a Scoot Henderson, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, so it's one of those things now where you have to pay attention to all these different leagues and it's not just contained to the NCAA where, you know, you have some fanfare and then you kind of see, and you have a lot more older players too. You've seen them grow over time and you knew if they fell in the draft and what was going on there. But I, one other thing I noticed too was big men weren't picked like traditional post players. They went undrafted. Yeah. So you look at the guy from Kentucky, the center from Kentucky. You have the guy from Connecticut. You have Timmy from Gonzaga. Uh, you have the guy from Michigan. Both actually signed. Huh? They would have both actually signed. Yep. So you have all the. So that's the other thing too now, where it's the traditional big man. It's kind of getting phased out a little bit from the draft perspective and yeah, these teams have the opportunity to pick them up and who wouldn't man, these guys have talent and they just have to transform their games to the pro league. And I think that's where, you know, it's a little disconnect as well with the pros and the college game where a lot of it's big man focused and playing through the big man with the teams that have the big men versus the pros now is going more, you know, wing you know these six eight six nine wings and just running and gunning so it's changed a little bit there too so how many of these players actually going to be in the nba next year versus being in like the g league and everything and getting their chops there if they'll make a roster or what they'll do so we'll just have to keep an eye out oh it is oklahoma city what are they doing what is their i want to see what their plan is because you have lively which i thought was a great pick for them you trade them away. And you know Oklahoma City has a plethora of picks based on all the trades they made. We'll just have to keep an eye out on Summer League coming up and see how some of these players uh, do. And Danny, right before the draft, there were a couple of trades here. One significant trade uh, that actually happened was uh, that of the Boston Celtics uh, getting Kristaps Porzingis from the Wizards 
um, that actually sent Marcus Smart to the Grizzlies. The same Phoenix Suns went ahead and traded Chris Paul and Landry Shamit to uh, Washington Wizards initially, where uh, Bradley Beal then goes to the Phoenix Suns uh, and all. And so just a whole lot of movement uh, happening, which was very good. But I would say this about the trades, Danny. Bradley Beal going to the Phoenix Suns does not, in, in my opinion, um, push Phoenix Suns to the conference uh, championship. They have a whole lot of work that still needs to be done here on their bench. Mm -hmm. uh, it's a good nucleus. Don't get me wrong. You got Devin Booker, Kevin Durant, Bradley Beal, and then you're going to keep Aiden there. Uh, so you have a good nucleus, and I would say throughout the course of the game, you'll have at least two of those individuals on the floor at all times. Uh, and then pair it up with a, um, you know, your backups there. But I just think that does not push the Phoenix Suns, in my opinion, to the conference championship. Then now you have free agency that's coming up as well. Uh, it was good to see Bradley Bill finally move. And I'm pretty certain that the Washington Wizards are happy to see him him and his contract. <laughs> uh, or so his contract be moved. Yeah. Uh, which will allow us a little bit more freedom for Washington to now um, restart, basically uh, start anew because they sent Christos Porzingis over to the Boston Celtics. Danny, what does this really do for the Boston Celtics, in your opinion? Um, to me, now you have Christos Porzingis, you have Jason Tatum, and you have Jalen Brown as your big three. Chances are Williams is not going to re-sign or, or with the Boston Celtics. So I think you're losing a little bit of your toughness and some a big that, that can bane down low, uh, if you will. Uh, but what do you think with, this does for the Boston Celtics, man? Because I thought Marcus Smart, we talked about this on the text chat as well. He's like the heart and soul of that team because he's been there the longest. And his toughness is undeniable. I think he was miscast as a point guard mm -hmm. in Boston, which, you know, that's not a fault of his own. But if you look at his shooting, his shooting has improved over his career. His defense, you can't deny his defense. He brings it in the playoffs. He's been there. And so that was – I know it was their initial trade was for Brogdon, which if that would have happened – then it'll be a different story, but losing Marcus Smart, I think actually hurts Boston. Uh, and because Porzingis, you know, he can do his thing. I think the thing with him is one, they're going to have to commit to him a decent sized contract. Two, health. And will he be available for them in, for the playoff run? Or Marcus Smart, he battled through injury. Granted, they're two different positions, but it's just the whole component to having your team together for that playoff push. And that's where Porzingis hasn't really had that exposure yet either. So is that going to be something too, where he gets to the playoffs, granted they make it and will that, you know, hurt them or help them? I think honestly that with this trade now, they definitely got to go get a guard in free agency, especially uh, it's rumored that there's a significant injury with Brogdon. Hence why the trade with the Clippers fell through. So if he's not available, you definitely have to go get some guard help to facilitate 
and run the offense uh, to make everyone better. So we'll see. I think it was definitely one. I liked it when Marcus Smart was on the team. Now he's not on the team. I'm not for sure. But it also helps Memphis as well to bring someone in because I think that's what they've been missing, man. They need a veteran presence to kind of wrangle everybody in. Uh, and that's where I think this is a benefit for them to see once John Morant comes back, help that team a little bit there from a leadership perspective. Now to say this about Chris Paul, Danny, I think, um, well, and one thing I did not mention was the Chris Paul trade to the Golden State Warriors where uh, Washington Wizards send him over to Golden State Warriors uh, in exchange for uh, Jordan Poole. Uh, and that was huge. Uh, what does this do for Chris Paul if he stays in the Golden State uniform? Mm -hmm. I mean, this means Chris Paul coming off the bench. Now, how did he, you know, really fit into their offensive scheme? We'll see. Um, but this could prolong his career. He, he won't play as many minutes. Easy buckets. This is in the twilight of his career, so this is going to be interesting uh, in Dahl, um, see how this works up. Uh, we have to really watch out for the Bucks free agency. Lopez, man, we the Bucks really need to re-sign him with all the size that now Boston has, well, with Porzingis anyway. Uh, go to the finals, you may face uh, the Joker. You need some size. I just think we need to do everything possible to go ahead and sign uh, Lopez again here. Uh, there are some rumors about him in Houston. There's some rumors about him in Golden State. He goes to Golden State, man, that would be epic. And keep in mind, with Golden State, they're not afraid to spend that money. And they got rid of Jordan Poole's contract mm -hmm. for a reason. And then they'll eventually get off of CP3's contract. So they're they're trying to they made a little room there themselves. So we'll see what happens, Danny, in this free agency market. And Jason too, Brooke would fit their offense, Golden State's mm -hmm. offense, because he's yeah. a three-point shooter. It'd be an ideal fit for him if he were to move. And that gives Golden State actually somebody who can bang with Jokic mm -hmm. and some of the bigs in the in the Western Conference, because right now they're void of that. And depending on what happens with Draymond Green, you know, they need some front court help. Bringing in a Brooke Lopez would be, man, that would be a big move. And I'm also looking forward to the free agency with James Harden. Okay. I think Philly's in a, a pickle with him. Okay. Kind of damned if you do, damned if you don't with him and how much they actually spend. Um, and some of the other guys of note, Kyrie, Chris Middleton, which we've talked about already. So we'll keep our eyes peeled and see what happens. Thank you for joining us at Backports Talk Podcast. You can also join us on Twitter by tweeting us at back underscore podcast. For more information, you can go to our website, which is backporchtalkpodcast.com. You can also email us at backporchtalkpodcast at gmail.com. Again, thank you for joining us. And remember that there's enough hate in the world. So go ahead and spread a little love.